This is Robert Itis uh, with Plants and Their Friends at 95.5 on your FM dial. And uh, we are down in our cozy caboose, taping away uh, on one of the hottest topics that are out there, COVID-19. And with me to discuss that uh, is Jeannie Dunn, uh, the owner of Red Moon Herbs and a helper of... uh, uh, getting into mischief with me. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> Come on here. Thank Come you, Robert. Closer. Bring the chair a little closer, too. Okay. Uh, so we're um, going to tackle this in the uh, way that we know. Um, and this was uh, set off by a uh, paper that was written uh, and started... Uh, going around the uh, internet. So I would suggest uh, for this um, really important show to uh, get a paper and pencil and write some things down because uh, it's, it's going to come out really, uh, uh, we're going to come out with a lot of information and uh, it's, if you don't write some of this down, you're not going to be able to. Uh, understand it. But uh, Stephen Harrod Bruner Bruner uh, has written uh, a document called Herbal Treatment for uh, Coronavirus Infections. And we're going to be talking about that a lot. Uh, But before we jump off, I want to... uh, The radio station has sent us, uh, meaning the uh, people who put on programs, a uh, a brief uh, analysis of uh, COVID-19 from John Hopkins. And just uh, remember, and we'll be talking about this uh, historically, that This is uh, new, which is uh, something that we have to deal with for on on time. I mean, uh, all of our, our, my life will have uh, COVID-19 involved with it, I would believe. And uh, very uh, 
quickly it is something that uh, spreads from close personal to person contact. And that's why everybody's kind of uh, closing shops and uh, making that very, very uh, hard to do from public to public. You know, as far as a family group, uh, it's encouraged that people just wash their hands. And uh, if you have any uh, symptoms, coughing, fever, or shortness of breath, then um, we're going to probably have to isolate you. And people would then have to wear masks coming in contact with you. But the uh, fact is that the most, uh, most of the people are going to be okay because of the age and they're able to deal with this virus. The people who are going to be uh, uh, at risk are those whose health is not uh, the best or, 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 and elderly. So um, let's get right into the article. Uh, Jeannie, you were the one who uh, um, sent it to me. Uh, how did you get it? Uh, Stephen Buhner posted some stuff on Facebook about it. So social media was blown up about this and... Um, since then, so I know you're going to speak on some other herbalists that are renowned Western herbalists. So um, I noticed there's a lot of traditional Chinese with some Western herbs in what he's talking about for protocol. And so there's been a lot of lively discussion on the air about that accessibility, some of these things that he's recommending. So Right. Um, and we must uh, indicate and will be indicated... Uh, uh, in a let, another email from Pat Battle, uh, that Stephen is basically a researcher. He's not a clinicalist. And so uh, some of the things that he's talking about, uh, you know, uh, really may not be as applicable on the clinical basis or may be dealt with a little bit differently on the clinical basis. But what, what's the hot topic? Elderberry. Yeah, definitely. Elderberry's yeah, right the, at the queen, queen of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. And what we want to uh, have people understand from this presentation is that elderberry is very, very prevalent in our area. Taking elderberry leaves is not going to hurt the plant. Mm -hmm. It's still actually even going to fruit. So uh, what we need to do is uh, look at a resource that we haven't been looking at at all and see how to use it. Uh, it's not as easy as some of the herbs to use. There's a, a process that we have to go through. Basically, besides the berries, the plant is poisonous or has some poisonous uh, reactions on human beings, uh, which could, you know, upset stomach, vomiting, things of that nature. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean that it leads to death. Uh, but what's important um, with what uh, he talks about is, um, I'm going to read it. 
uh, and it starts off about decocted elder leaf tincture. So the first word people may not be that familiar with is decoctured. How would you define that? A decoction is a slow simmer. So you want to bring um, the herb, and it's usually for more woody, stemmy, and barks that we do decoctions to get more of the constituents out. So I'm going to bring it up to a low boil and really watch it. Okay, so uh, this uh, process that we're talking about is not commercially available. Elder leaves and barks are exceptionally potent medicines for a variety of things, including viral pathogens. Unfortunately, bad press by adversarial medical activists in the early 20th century spurred the rumor that elder, or sambucus, is a poisonous plant. What I just told you all. That's part of my uh, understanding of this plant. However, he says it is not. In descending order of impact, the bark, leaves, and berries can cause vomiting in some people. Not all. I'm not generally affected and used decocted tinctures. It depends on the dose and personal susceptibilities. However, if the herb is boiled, the components that cause vomiting are deactivated. Note, the leaves and the bark are far more potent antivirals than the berries or flowers. I would not suggest the berries for use in treating this pathogen. They are not, in my opinion, strong enough. Now, this is Stephen talking to make a decoctored elder leaf tincture. And then he goes on to say that you boil four ounces of dried elder leaf, two ounces if fresh, in two quarts of water until it is in reduced by half. Cool, strain, then measure the amount of liquid left. To this add 25% pure grain alcohol, which is a really low percentage of grain alcohol, 25%. I usually use 190 in my tinctures. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, if your state will not allow you to buy pure grain alcohol, which is 95% alcohol, then after you cool and strain the liquid, put it in the pot again and reduce it once more by half. Let it cool, and then measure and add it to the same amount of 40 to 50% vodka. 50% is preferable. Hopefully, somebody will start making this commercial. I think what he's saying is take it to 25% alcohol by volume. So he's saying take your decocted, whatever you decocted it down to. Let's say you've only got 80 proof vodka. Then you would just, which is 40% alcohol by volume, then you would need to use two parts of that vodka to about two parts of the decoction right. to get to 20%. Exactly. But he's saying 25% is safer yeah. for shelf-stable. 
Yeah, and uh, uh, these are all, uh, as we will find out, uh, subject to the human being that's taking yeah. it. Yeah. And to how bad they need it. And to how well uh, somebody harvested it and cleaned it and dried mm -hmm. it. All of these things take place. But it's a way of bringing back this power of your health to yourself. Rather yeah. than giving it away uh, to the pharmacist or the, or the doctor. Yeah, this is a real easy one to grow in your backyard. It likes wet feet. We're going to talk about cultivation a little bit later, I think. But... Um, this is one, no, if you're, this, you want to talk this, about it right this, now? Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. this is so um, important. Um, I uh, got a text from Jeannie um, showing a picture of uh, elder uh, sections of an elder tree that's leafed out, put into water, and it's starting to root. Uh, and then you wait until it roots a lot. And you put it into a pot or into the ground. Uh, that is about as simple as it gets. And you can see it right there uh, through the glass uh, in a jar where yeah. uh, the water is. And I've only uh, uh, given it fresh water once. But uh, that's about yeah. all that you really yeah. need to when do. When the water starts to smell stagnant, just change the water out. That's all. It's really easy. Yeah. It's an and easy so one to root. Everybody... Um, this weekend needs to go out and find Joel an elder bush and just do some happy uh, haircutting of the of the mm -hmm. bush you know uh, might want to think about the, uh, making it into a shape uh, and, but you know I would just say that 10 15 sprigs I guess you call it a sprig. Yeah. Uh, is what you want to start with and bring that home and put it into a jar with water. Uh, it'd be better if you could see through it and see the roots growing. I don't know. It's in my kitchen, but it's not in the window. I don't know if in the window would, would help it out. I just moved mine to the outdoors since they're doing so well and it's been yeah. unusually warm. Yeah. So they're on a picnic table right now. So they great. seem to be doing well. Great, great. So yeah, uh, this this should be uh, uh, a priority number one is to get you some elder uh, berry uh, sprigs, elderberry, uh, and started. And if you really do not want to go through this process, but just want to plant, just let. Uh, me know at Eagle Feather Farm, and we have elderberry plants that we sell. But I encourage you to do this yourself mm -hmm. and get to know the plant. Uh, by growing the plant, you get to know the plant. And this plant could have tremendous benefits to all of us for this virus, which is here to stay. Yeah, we can come back around. Yeah. Uh, also, the the fact that you're out in nature getting some fresh air you're still isolating yourself from others but you're 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 becoming part of the whole circle and that's really important because our supply chain is lacking even in western north carolina where it's really abundant in plant yeah. material we still yeah. have problems yeah. so people just empowering themselves to grow their own is great that's you know there's yeah. that's 
that's really uh, where we're, we're at, and we want to help uh, along the way. And uh, not only do you uh, could create a, a family project out of it uh, of, with the children, uh, but you're also improving uh, the global warming situation by planting anything right now mm-hmm. uh, uh, to pull in that uh, carbon dioxide. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> get so, more oxygen around here, right? Yeah. Uh, something about dosaging. You were mentioning that some people have, yeah. you know, Stephen Buhner was mentioning about nausea. Uh, what, what we like to recommend is that you start off with a low, low drop dosage, like uh, most one ounce tincture bottles. A dropper full is really two thirds of a dropper full, and it's about 25 drops. What you could do is you could start with 10 drops. Wait 15 minutes. If you are going to make a decoction of uh, leaf and uh, bark for yourself, and then take 10 more drops after that and keep until you get to a point where you're like, okay, I feel okay and I'm not feeling nauseous. Now, now let me also say, we don't even have to go to the bark because the bark is a little tricky to get bark off of a a bush uh, unless you're going to chop up one of those twigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you could do, but just harvesting the leaves, knowing that the bush is still there, yeah. you're not it's doing most anything to the bush. Yeah. Very sustainable, very sustainable. But um, this uh, elderberry has uh, produced... Uh, Cytokine storms conversation that's yes. blowing up like a big old tornado. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and so uh, Stephen uh, Brun... He did an email, and we're going to read you what he wrote. But then after that, I'm going to read you some of the stuff that Pat Battle wrote about this situation, which I think really makes a whole lot of sense. So Stephen says, okay, now I'm irritated. Uh, I'm getting uh, emails and Facebook messages about how Elder can increase uh, trichite storms. It raises the TNF hyphen A, and then he wrote OMG for Oh My God. Tiresome. This is completely untrue in the way that phytohestrogens are spread, spreading it, uh, uh, phytohysterians <laughs> are spreading it around. What is true is that elder is a clonctite modulator. It modulates inflammation. If too high, it lowers it. But if too low, it raises it. It is fine to use for viral infections of whatever sort. So um, that it was Stephen's uh, response to all of the the hype on cytokine storms, yeah. Yeah. We're getting emails, phone calls, and, you know, right. messages about it. So then uh, Pat Battle takes off with a, a little bit of stuff. Um, but even if uh, Stephen didn't directly respond to this claim, I would still be coming to the defense of Elder. It would be tragic if people failed to use Elder if they knew that they had been exposed to COVID-19 or at the first sign of symptoms. 
if taken soon enough, elder in this case, uh, and according to Bruner, the leaf, especially prepared as per Bruner's detailed instructions, you'll need the book, not just this brief statement in papers refer, referenced. At, at, at the bottom of my response, so you can effectively interfere, inter, interfere with the virus's ability to replicate, that there is a great likelihood that even if there was a chance of a concrete storm, the infection would never get established uh, enough to elicit such a immune system overreaction. He goes on to say, uh, the reason I say it would be tragic is because if you take elder as soon as you know you've been exposed or feel symptoms that you may well never get to the point where your immune system could overreact, it is long established, long established, uh, hundreds if not thousands of years, that elder chemically and physically inhibits the ability of viruses to replicate. To prove this to, to myself time and time again by using enough of it at first symptoms, and this is, so this is now a personal clinical aspect that Pat is giving uh, uh, about this topic that's gone mm -hmm. viral. Okay. Now, see, uh, Stephen has a second paper, and he talks about the art of herbalism and about the importance of knowing yourself and working with your practitioner. And, of course, that needs to be a practitioner that is open to the power of herbs to design a protocol that's appropriate to you. So we have a lot of variables. We have the plant being variable. Mm -hmm. We have the human being variable. Uh, and so uh, uh, getting it right is just not like the pharmacy wants. You know, the pharmaceutical industry wants some so certain doses and that's it and they can prescribe it. It's not that easy. But the reality is you'll be taking back a lot of this uh, power that we've given over to the medical profession. Now... Um, this is the end of uh, Pat's, uh, um, he has a also explanation uh, with the Trankite Storm uh, with uh, a person who was referring to it that um, the reasons for it may be actually wrong uh, way back uh, in uh, with the Spanish, Spanish flu. So um, that, that's... Uh, something that we could debate, but uh, this uh, is not um, uh, debatable, uh, that scientists understood that although they uh, have witnessed an upregulating of the clypeites uh, by elderberry, with their experiment they understood elderberry also has the capacity, as Bruner de definitely states, to downregulate. Cronkites. That's the glory of herbs, and as far as I can tell, pharmaceuticals have not uh, yet gotten there. I suspect 
This is because they insist on separating the out quota active ingredients. Now, another caution uh, that Pat throws out is licorice is another herb which has remarkable capacity to upregulate and downregulate cronkites. It, of course, is a complex and powerful herb. It is also antiviral, but you want to understand uh, it or to be thoroughly guided in its use. That said, it is, of course, is a common ingredient in many herbal tea blends, and people are not dropping like flies from drinking tea. Uh, so it's likely all about the dosage. The good news is even low dosages of elderberry leaf tincture seems to be very effective against viruses. But if you have underlying conditions or are taking pharmaceuticals, I'd be real careful with licorice. Here are the two links that Pruna uh, uh, COVID-19 take. And you uh, can find this at https dots front slash front slash www dot Stephen Harrod Bruner B-U-H-N-E-R uh, dot com front slash WP hyphen contents front slash uploads front slash 2020 front slash 03 front slash cor uh, coronavirus dot TX, TXT PDF. And that will get you to his website and to all of these things that we've been talking about. Anything else to add from that? Um, the thing about some folks have said if you do have a concern, if you feel like, oh, elderberry is just not going to be my friend, like I have been talking with various people and it's like at least support yourself right now with things that are going to keep your immune system up and that includes elderberry can be one of those and other adaptogens like astragalus even your ginseng robert and other things like mushrooms yeah. but once if someone is diagnosed with covid19 you definitely want to focus on some of those lung supportive things. Even though elderberry can carry you all the way through, um, you, you might look towards elecampane, mullein, usnea, the licorice. Um, I don't recommend pleurisy root because it's hard, harder to find. That's butterfly weed. But there's, uh, that's what I listened to a talk with a panel. Guido Masse was one of the panel members, uh -huh. as well as... Uh, Deb from Avena Botanicals and Tammy Sweet. So that was a very helpful panel. So you mm -hmm. can look for that. I think there's still a link. It was a live feed and a Zoom video. It's on Facebook under um, just just search for Guido Masse and uh, that COVID-19 talk. Yeah. That was helpful. Uh, and now um, uh, that we um, have uh, um, gone through a lot uh, with uh, Stephen Bruno, we understand uh, that um, there's a lot of stuff that we still need to talk about. Um, we're coming up to uh, the half hour, and 
I would just like to remind everybody that this is Plants and Their Friends. This is Robert Itis, and my guest today is Jeannie Dunn with Red Moon Herbs. Uh, I would like to also uh, mention that if you wanted to uh, go to one of my 41 other uh, plant hourly programs, you can find them at um, my website, uh, ncgoldenseal.com. Uh, and Jeannie's website, redmoonherbs.com. Yes. And, um, we're, we're, we're here to talk about this plant, but we're also here and, and to relay, uh, the fears and the fact that nobody else is, uh, on the media, commercial media is talking about plants as helping friends uh, for this uh, situation. So we need to get out there and do it. Now, some we're going to be talking about some other herbalists um, in a few minutes, but uh, the main thrust uh, of this uh, first half has been a uh, uh, paper on the herbal treatment for Coronavirus Infections by Stephen Harrod Bruner. And uh, we, we understand that there's uh, some uh, people who are not uh, convinced that the elderberry leaf and elderberry bark are, um, are good for this medicine. But we've gone through that and... Um, I would uh, encourage uh, everybody as an action plan to not only uh, as a family project, uh, get some twigs, put them in water to get your own elderberry plants started in either a pot or your backyard, and, um, and then uh, go out uh, probably to about the same location and start c collecting elderberry leaf so that you can sure. come home and make a decoction from it and from there make a tincture. And that, uh, that is important because the next time this virus, if this virus is like most of them that's come around, uh, we're going to get a small dose of it this spring and then we're going to get a fuller dose in the fall. So this in the fall, uh, elderberry leaf is, doesn't have the energy that it has right yes, now. Yes, exactly. This is the time to get the leaf, make the medicine, so that you can use it in the fall. Mm -hmm. uh, for you, your family, and your community. Uh, and that's, uh, that's really important that uh, we're, we're, we're not only uh, getting you to understand that uh, this is uh, uh, something that we can handle and the plants can help us uh, in handling uh, a good portion of it. Uh, the, um, the second plant that uh, we, I want to uh, encourage people to, uh, to go and, and start to uh, 
produce right now, which is in this uh, herbal treatment for the virus, uh, is uh, skullcap, but it's Chinese skullcap. Scutellaria bicolinensis, I believe it is. But what we see around Western North Carolina that a lot of folks have in their gardens and at Herb Fest is Scutellaria lateriflora. That can be very supportive of your nervous system and relaxation during this time if you do feel anxiety. But this is Chinese skullcap, and it is the root that you use. Um, if you want some resource on how to grow, uh, North Carolina State University Research Station has had some success with this. In the past, they've focused on Western as well as TCM herbs. And you can go to ncherb.org and read about how to grow that. Um, and uh, probably now's a great time to do some online researching and catching up on your reading. Uh, I have more experience with Scutellaria lateriflora as far as growing. That's an easy one. It travels very quickly and carpets out nicely but uh, this one is not difficult to grow in rows or in small patches now, again it's important that we grow it now so that by the time uh, it comes back in the fall we'll have this yeah. spring summer uh, growth period to then uh, late summer early fall make into medicine to use yeah. in the fall yeah. it's um it's helpful to take roots in the fall and early winter anyway because all the energy has gone back into the root. Exactly. So we'll be prepared to actually harvest that come fall. A uh, couple of other ones. I mentioned Usnea. If you are walking um, around in the forest and you see some down limbs, you'll find a lichen. It's There's multiple Usnea species. And that is a great one to have on hand because you can make a tea, a decoction, like we were talking about, a short simmer, or you can make tincture out of that one, and it is prolific. But another one is poke root. Poke root is very supportive of uh, lymphatic support, and some of this is going ahead and creating movement in the body. So that's, and that was prolific, and poke root is so strong. You do be, have to be careful about handling it with a mask and gloves, kind of like the coronavirus. <laughs> but uh, it, can, it can cause irritation to the eyes and skin. But and that is a very an, powerful herb. Another uh, plant that parts of it are considered poisonous, meaning vomiting and yes. upstep summer. Um, so uh, we're getting into some of these uh, plants that um, uh, the healing part and the uh, negative part are, uh, there's a slim place there. And mm -hmm. you just have to find it, uh, is really uh, part, of, part of this. But uh, skullcap, uh, I would, uh, Chinese skullcap, I would try to find seeds and uh, sow them into your garden uh, uh, probably next month uh, or, or in this month uh, uh, to, to get them into the ground. And uh, the one that you have grown doesn't like competition and you want to keep um, the bed pretty uh, Yeah, it clean. tends to take over the bed. The, that's lateriflora. I do not have the experience with Bicol skullcap, so... Um, I know that at General Harmony Farm, I did see, there in Lexington, North Carolina, I did see their crop one year, 
and they had a nice 50 foot row of it and it was by itself and did real you know pretty well so um yeah yeah okay so those are two areas where you can uh, start to plan to do things one uh, is collect elderberry leaves and plant elderberry plants and propagate elderberry bushes and the other is to order some uh, Chinese skullcap and get that into the ground to make uh, as medicine in the fall. Okay, uh, we are moving right along here. Um, the next thing that I want to uh, discuss with you all is an uh, email that um, Seven Song, who is up at the Northeast School of Botanical Medicine. Um, he's had an influence uh, with a number of our uh, botanic uh, medicine people, uh, herbal medicine people, Corey Pine Chain, uh, Mark Williams, uh, didn't go there, but uh, knows uh, him well and uh, uh, I know that he's been to Joe Hollis's, and so he has a North Carolina presence. Uh. And he runs a clinic in Ithaca, so his experience, I really respect his opinion because he's seen so many cases of multiple diseases and helped with supporting people in clinic. Okay, so he says, um, I feel cautious adding my opinion about herbal treatment for the uh, COVID-19 uh, coronavirus, as I don't have any experience with it. Uh, but I've worked with other seasonal flus, so based on my prior experience with those, I'm going to make some recommendations. If you use herbal medicines, I would suggest that you stock up on them now. It is useful to have a well-stocked, at-home herbal apothecary for most health issues. So while everybody is not working, this would be an ideal project for the family to create a apothecary for the family yeah. Yeah. and to create gardens that are um, in the sun and gardens that are in the shade to make this medicine. Uh, so uh, one of the main reasons for it is uh, so that you don't have to go out when you're not feeling well and you have your medicine right there. For those of you who make your own herbal medicines, and we would encourage you to try this, especially tinctures, pretty easy. You put the herb and the alcohol and you shake it. And then eventually uh, you drain it and you pour it. Uh, not too difficult, and we would encourage people to do that. Um, so uh, this may be a good time, though, if you're making medicines, to make larger amounts of herbal preparations uh, than you would have uh, for the needs uh, in the near future for the family and community and, yeah. and such. Definitely. Uh, I've seen a lot of folks talk and try to call to action 
to check on neighbors, make sure everybody's doing okay. And during this time, see how they can like barter, trade for things, and we can come together as a community. It's been really, really heartwarming to see that. Right. Bartering. Now, um, Seven Song is saying that uh, he he doesn't think that uh, COVID nineteen virus carries particular risks that we should not uh, do what we can to avoid catching and spreading it. And then he points out the current CDC status for the seasonal flu that's going around. And so there are thousands of, hundreds of thousands of people who get the flu and thousands of people who die. Uh, The people who are at the most risk, want to mention what you're talking about? Um, the those with compromised immune systems, uh, heart conditions, someone who's been through surgery recently, and the elderly are the most at risk. Yes. And if you have a lung condition that would put you more susceptible, it is another way reason to maybe uh, hibernate a little more than you would normally. Yes, this is definitely a lung issue that we're dealing with. So um, there uh, is, he says, scant information about how herbal medicines might interact with pharmaceuticals and other medications. Uh, we, uh, we, he suggests monitoring your health as best you can to make sure that herbs are not altering your medications in any detrimental way. Definitely. And uh, Corey Pine Shane, Blue Ridge School of Herbal Medicine, uh, is uh, fairly well known for uh, the pharmaceuticals uh, uh, mixing with the herbs and, and whether that's good or bad or uh, something you should avoid. Uh, so we're going to go into uh, a list, uh, still have your pen and paper, uh, for some of the things that uh, COVID-19 does. And one of the things um, that I've been hearing is that it creates inflammation. So anything that's anti-inflammation would be good uh, to at least have stocked up. And that's uh, the black birch, the chamomile, the ginger, and the Japanese knotwood. Licorice um, may elevate your blood pressure, so you got to be careful with licorice. Yeah. Marshmallow, meadow sweet, steep, steeple blush or meadow wart, turmeric, willow, and wintergreen. Now, I want to comment about a couple of these. Number one, Japanese knotweed. What a wonderful thing to know <laughs> that this uh, exotic evasive could be medically useful. Uh, behind getting elder leaves, I would say Japanese knotweed roots should be next on your list. Yeah. And that is... Yeah, and you'd be doing us all a favor because it's by the creeks all around Madison County and Buncombe County. Yeah. I mean, what a great project for just the family. You know, you have social distancing. You're just dealing with the plants. The plants mm-hmm. can handle your... Your, your, your viruses. Yeah, give, give, your, give your ailments over to the plants. <laughs> Touch that dirt. 
yeah. now the the young shoots it, it's about to shoot up right now i can see that the dead uh the bushes are beside the creeks japanese for japanese knotweed uh-huh but the young shoots are a nice uh, asparagus substitute so you can cook those so when you're going to dig up we normally at red moon we don't like to dig past in bulk for roots if possible but sometimes we end up it's a little after in bulk before equinox spring equinox so now is a good time to get the root and get those young shoots and just cook them up like you would asparagus so for those people who are just really bummed out that they can't get to go to go to work here's another activity that can help you so that you don't have to go to work to make money to buy the medicine you just make the medicine um the other thing is that turmeric is on that list mm-hmm Another one that in North Carolina now, we're growing. Yeah. And ginger as well. That's and on the list. And ginger's on the list. Those are accessible yeah, yeah, yeah. and easy to grow in a pot in your in your apartment. Yeah. So there's And it's a beautiful tropical plant. Nobody has an excuse at all for not uh, producing some uh, some things that were uh, will help you. Now, wintergreen I want to uh, caution. It is a very slow-growing plant. I would say, unless you have huge patches, which I have not ever seen in my life, I would not use wintergreen. Although it is good for this. It is, we just Now, if you want to cultivate wintergreen to use it, mm-hmm. yeah. in, your, in your forest garden... That would be an excellent. So we have yes. in the sunny garden some Chinese skullcap, and in the uh, the win- uh, the forest garden uh, some wintergreen. Uh, those would be excellent ways to uh, be resilient uh, to uh, COVID nineteen. In my my opinion, do you have anything else about any of these plants? Um, Chamomile is easily accessible. Yeah, you can go just get some, uh, get, you know, if you want to get bulk chamomile, it's going to go a lot further. Chamomile is a great one to have on hand for fevers in general, for baths. It's so child-friendly. It's a short, steep time. It's a bitter, so you only need to steep it about five minutes. You can use it as an eye wash. You can put it in honey. It's so versatile, so that's a great one. Yeah, so that's um, another one to put on your shopping list and or uh, your plant list and uh, start uh, producing some of that. Uh, okay, now we're going to go to seven songs list of antivirals. The first one I've heard of, but I've never uh, really dealt with, uh, Baptisia. Yeah, and I wonder if that's like, I know Guido was talking about how hard it is to get a hold of true, um, oh, Baptisia tintoria is, um, oh, what is it? Uh, Indigo, wild indigo. There is an indigo that grows around here, but I think the one that Guido was speaking of is a tropical one, true indigo. So I don't know how easy, but maybe Seven Song is referring to the Baptisia that grows around here. It's not it, yeah, really prolific, yeah. so we, that we, might be a challenge to get a hold of. Yeah, we don't want to even uh, men. We, we can mention it as antiviral, 
but not in one of those places that we're recommending. Um, barberry, uh, another a poisonous plant that you have to watch out for. Uh, so again, I would, um, it looks a, a lot like uh, black cohosh, uh, but I, uh, I, I wouldn't mess with it myself. Wait, I think that's the barberry that has berberine. That's kind of an invasive yeah. down east. It's prickly. Oh. I think baneberry is the one that looks. Uh, yeah, so this I'm is confused. where it'd yes. be great to have the genus and species here, not just common names that look very similar. But barberry is pretty prolific in some landscaping. And down east, they're actually kind of pulling it out of the ground. And when you, you know you've got the right plant because when you uh, scratch the stem or the, the root's extremely yellow, so it's high in berberine. Berberine. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we're going to get to that in a second here. Okay. Then we got um, uh, two that I am definitely not going to uh, recommend. One is bone set. Because if you take too much of it, it's not good, liver. And the other one is chaparral, uh, mainly because it's really over-harvested. Uh, <clears throat> but again, uh, we have uh, another problem with the liver. And so I don't even want to go there. But number five on his antiviral is elder. So another uh, <laughs> a big herbalist uh, recommending uh, uh, elder uh, for people. And if you want to get a copy of this, go to sevensong.com, and that's seven, just the number seven, S-O-N-G.com. Yes. And then uh, we were just starting to talk before about garlic. Uh, I recommend uh, that you, if you don't have garlic planted, plant some this spring. They're not going to be as big as if you would have planted them correctly in the fall. It's um, one of those things that, um, but I love them, number one, because they're green in the wintertime. They take almost no, uh, uh, nothing except for uh, not having any weeds or anything in them. Mm -hmm. they, they like to be mounded up. I do mine in rows. And... Um, and then put a lot of uh, straw around them uh, for weed protection. Uh, really, really easy. Easy to harvest um, and a, uh, a great herb, uh, culinary herb that's also very, very medicinal. And you can start eating the scapes. If you get the green tops, you know, you can chop some of those back and, eat, and cook with those or make a fire cider. Okay, out of those. so this is interesting that you mentioned that. There are two types of garlic. There's a soft neck and a hard neck. The hard necks have the scape. The soft necks ah, don't. Yeah. But the soft necks, uh, you're able to braid. And those are definitely a nice uh, uh, herbal product in, in the markets. Uh, they, they go very well. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on here. Uh, we're starting to run out of time. Uh, the next is uh, myrrh. Now, I take myrrh from Chinese uh, perspective, but um, it, it's, it's a mineral, and uh, 
you uh, you need to uh, get some very fine myrrh if you're going to use it. Uh, but the next one, Oregon Grape, is the berberine that he suggests using. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'd rather go with Golden Seal. What do you think? Yeah, Robert, you grow your own Golden <laughs> Seal. I appreciate that. But, you know, as herbalists, Rosemary Gladstar and many others say, United Plant Savers encourages us not to buy wild golden seal, but, you know, if you can find cultivated forest folks like Robert here, then get your golden seal. I think golden seal is the primo of all the berberine-rich plants, but if you can't find it, use some of the weedier ones, like Oregon grape and barberry. Now, Oregon grape, I had one uh, given to me uh, from Durham, I have it in my forest to show it next to the golden seal. Oh, nice! But I've never really uh, tried to grow it. It, it. I don't know if it's a uh, situation where there's just something that it doesn't. Uh, it's not prolific and 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 multiply. But that would be an interesting one uh, to possibly uh, think about growing. Mm-hmm. And they have a nice interest year-round, so put it near your house. It it looks great in landscape yards, so that's a good one to get from nurseries. Yeah, and then uh, osha, another yellow plant. Um, It's a western... White white plant, rather. Yeah, very milky-type tincture, Yeah, and it is over-harvested completely, but we've found sustainable sources where someone's clearing an area because it got deforested or it's going to be a heavy rain and the ocean's going to get washed away and we've like that's one we only sell in one and two ounce tinctures because it is you don't need a lot it's it's very yeah. potent yes. lung health and um uh, we, we we have a session uh our first session a radio session that we did was on cold and flu uh, with Mark Williams and Nancy O'Dell, who we're uh, uh, sending a uh, uh, get well soon uh, out to. Uh, and uh, there, uh, the cold and flu we were using was Echinacea, Osha, and Usnea. Mm, nice now, combination. you mentioned Usnea, um, and I, um, I used to uh, see a person... Um, who's no longer in the area, he would eat it. Uh, Mark Williams told me, do not do that. Uh, it, it's too strong on your liver. You really want to uh, make it into a tea or a mm-hmm. tincture. Uh, and be very, very careful with it. It is a good anti-toxin. So uh, uh, I, would, uh, I would encourage you... Uh, uh, to even make that formula yourself, a third, a third, a third, Echinacea, Osha, and Usnea. Sounds like a great combination. Yeah, yeah. and that with uh, vitamin C uh, is basically my cold and flu routine uh, that that I do. And the last plant is yarrow. Uh, both white, red, uh, they're uh, really easy to grow. Uh, if you don't have any... Uh, uh, Eagle Feather Farm has some. It's probably our least expensive plant, uh, but that's a great one for as a diaphoretic to move s- sweat out issues. Uh, 
It grows like a beautiful carpet. It's fern-like. It uh, it's great as a toothache powder. It's if the, you had to have one tincture or one herb with you on in a first aid kit, that'd be the one I'd pick because you can use it to uh, brush your teeth. You can use it for wounds. Achillea millifolium is the genus species. Yeah, you know it's it's so diverse. Now this is something I don't normally tell a lot of folks, but I uh, discovered this uh, with hemorrhoids, uh, bleeding uh, uncontrollably. And Yarrow uh, uh, helped me out. Uh, it was uh, amazing. Uh, yeah, it and hard sti- to find it's a in the winter Yes, too. yeah, the powder so, is a great styptic. So, so, so you need to um, have it on hand. Okay, uh, we're running out of time. Uh, um, for just good liver health, which is also important uh, for this, I just want to mention that dandelion root is coming up. And everybody should be out in their uh, uh, organic lawns uh, uh, getting dandelion root. And if you uh, get enough of it, uh, a Cory Pine Chain's going to buy it from you. Uh, and then uh, take the dandelion uh, leaf and put it into your salad. Definitely. It's uh, a great time. It's not too bitter. Spring greens, violets. Violets are also helpful for the lungs. Uh-huh. You can make a syrup out of violets. You can make a beautiful purple syrup out of the flowers. So violets, dandelion, chickweed, and nettles are up right now. Those are all because you want to support your general well-being right now right. while f- liver function. And, you know, when you think about the old timers, they'd get their spring tonic. They'd pick something because they want to kind of flush themselves like right. bear with bear corn, right? right. So we're, right. we're in that period where you definitely want to watch your, watch your uh, well-being. And you've got more time on your hands if you're grounded because your hours are cut at work. Now's a good time to wildcraft what's in your yard if it's not sprayed. <laughs> yes, yes. And anybody who is using uh, Roundup, naughty, naughty, naughty. Uh, we, we don't want that anymore. Okay. We are coming to the end of one hour on this subject uh, beyond my belief that we could talk one hour on it. Uh, but I want to thank uh, Jeannie Dunn for uh, coming on and talking with me. Um, and uh, just uh, uh, let you all know that this is Robert Itis and Plants and Their Friends. And we uh, want uh, to uh, also uh, uh, end uh, this uh, session now. Bahujon ne hai ano